Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Welcome to Leave the Pin In Podcast on the Bring the Heat Podcast Network. I'm your host, Dan, and I've got my co-host, zero-time major winner, Scott, with me. Scott, what's the good word? Uh, that's correct. I am still looking for my first green jacket. Do you have any color jacket? Uh, you know what? I actually have a gray one in the closet right behind me uh, that I wear for uh, when I want to style it up. You uh, you ever plan a champion's dinner for anybody? Uh no, but I'd definitely love to plan one. All right, fair enough, fair enough. Make sure I get just, that invite. Just so I could attend the Champions Dinner in future years. I think we'll save what you are going to serve for when we do our Masters preview in a month and a half or so. <laughs> That's a great idea. Uh, I got to tell you, Scott, big, big things coming, right? We had our kind of mini episode with uh, the whole Cooch extravaganza and scott we were right cooch paid up he listened to us you know i think if more pga tour golfers took advice from us uh the world would be a better place i i 100 agree okay he looked like a fool and you will too not you but the general audience will too if you don't listen to our podcast that's true so listen up because it's good stuff Hey, so real quick for everyone, Kuchar ended up paying. He gave the fifty grand to L Two Can. It's what we advocated for on our show on Wednesday. Um, so I, I mean, little by little, are we doing enough to change the world, Scotto? You know what? Let's start one Mexican caddy at a time and uh, take it from there. All right, we'll check him off the list. All right, let's give the people a quick rundown of the course this week. Uh, course rundown presented by our. Boys over at OGA, Oahu Golf Apparel. Check them out on Instagram at Oahu Golf Apparel. Uh, so we're at Riviera Country Club this week, playing 7,322 yards, par 71. This place has hosted U.S. Opens, PGA Championships, U.S. Senior Opens, U.S. Amateur. Uh, we've got the competitive course record there is 10 under par, shot by Ted Treba in 1999 in the third round of the Nissan Open, which is what it used to be called. It's been the LA Open, now it's the Genesis. Um, and that included a bogey on 18. That's a good score, Scotto. Well, that is a good score. You remember Ted Treba or no? I, I definitely do. Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's an oldie but a goodie. So we did our picks on Wednesday, right? Bubba was the defending champ, three-time champ. I went Bubba. And Bryson, you went Jordan, Spieth, and Xander Shoffley. Scott, I smoked you this week. Uh, I, yeah, no, I got totally rocked. They all made the cut. All four of them. So that's an accomplishment right there. Bubba played decent. You know, he'll finish top 20. Uh, Bryson on Saturday complained about the weather and how he can't control the weather. And so he was pissed off that he couldn't control the weather because being the scientist he is, he wants to kind of eliminate every variable possible. Um, do you think Bryson actually believes somewhere in his head that he can control the weather? Um, you know what? I think if anyone's working on the weather control machine, it, it's Bryson DeChambeau. You think Bryson's going to end up like that dude in Cloudy with a chance of meatballs? Uh 
well considering that I've never actually seen that movie. Uh, I'm going to say yes, because if you're bringing it up, it's probably an accurate representation. Yeah, I'm, I'm gonna, he's a crazy scientist, and basically instead of it like raining, it rains food. So I wonder if Bryson's working on some type of uh, government-sponsored weather control machine. You think he's like a government like special researcher, and at some point the whole golf thing is just going to be revealed as a front? Yeah, dude, it's the only thing that makes sense. You've seen his swing. He swings irons that are all one length. That's definitely government conspiracy. Yeah, it, it's creepy too. Uh, so we got our weekly recap, right? Um, we start on Monday this week. They We we had Team Tiger versus Team Couples, Freddie Couples, in a celeb shootout there. Um, this is something the PGA Tour Live should have streamed or at least given us the option to watch. Team Tiger had... Paige uh, Sparanek, Jerry Rice, Mark Wahlberg, Kid Rock, <laughs> Kid Rock, Larry Fitzgerald, and Nick Jones. And then team couples had Reggie Bush, Chris Pratt, Luke Wilson, Oliver Hudson, Carson Daly, and Chris Harrison. Look, I'm not going to lie. I don't know who Chris Harrison is. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask you who Chris Harrison was. Maybe it's BJ Harrison's long-lost brother. I don't know. Yo, shout-out to BJ right there. Uh, I'm looking it up. So, Team Tiger goes on to beat Team Couples. I don't know if they played nine holes. I don't know if they played 18. I don't know if they played a shamble, scramble, shotgun, four. I don't know what they did. Um, it looked like they had a blast. Tiger won. Kid Rock was, you know, fake drinking out of the cup. Um... It looked it looked like a Hollywood LA disaster, and I would have loved to have been able to see it. Uh, I believe they were dubbing it as Frederick versus Eldrick, although it was probably <laughs> Eldrick versus Frederick because Tiger would definitely get top billing without a doubt. Um, Chris Harrison, well, I can't imagine why you didn't know this, uh, <laughs> is the uh, host of the ABC reality TV dating show The Bachelor. Uh, <laughs> and its subsequent spinoff, The Bachelorette. Chris, I apologize. I, uh, I, I, I don't know who you are. Uh, if you're out there and listening, and you want to come on the podcast and talk about your relationship with golf, uh, you are you more than welcome. You can be our guest. I think his relationship to golf is that he is someone who is recognizable to um, women twenty five to. 45, and the PGA Tour is trying to get that market. Okay, okay. Um, I'll tell you what. The PGA Tour, after this final round, with J.B. Holmes in the lead. Tournament's not over yet. Uh, this is two weeks in a row, Scott. Oh, maybe maybe we are an awful omen for the PGA Tour, because as soon as we started this podcast, they cannot get a tournament to finish on time. Uh, yeah, I was thinking about that, too. So... Let's let's go back. Let's talk about. I think the people deserve to to hear how we got to this point. How we got to JB Holmes, uh, the human weather delay in the lead, and the crazy things that have happened up until then. So Thursday was was nuts. We get the groups out on the course. There's ten groups out on the course, and the PGA Tour decides to completely eradicate their scores and bring everyone back in. It ends up being a seven-hour rain delay. Charlie Hoffman hits a ball. The fog was so thick, no one in his group could see it. Nobody spectating could find it. None of the officials could find it. They said, that's enough. They bring the groups back in. 
there's some groups that get out to play, but nobody finishes 18. It's just it's a cluster. But again, on a Thursday, we have Jordan Spieth in the lead. Who played lights out? Played lights out, and you. I, I looked. I looked like a genius. You were riding a high. I know that. Um, Friday, Spieth takes the first round lead. Tiger birdies four in a row, finishes one under. J.B. Holmes has a hole in one. That's about the only thing fast he did on the course all week was put the ball in the hole in one stroke. Very true. Him not having to hit two more putts on a par three would save a normal person a minute or so, probably save the field 15 minutes with him. So They were actually able, I think, to get an extra hole in because of <laughs> So he's the first-round leader, shoots 63, right? Guys are right back on the course. They, they flip him over as quick as possible. Tiger ends Friday coverage, television coverage, making his longest eagle in what seems like forever, 43 feet. Then he decides to capitalize on that, on that by making back-to-back bogeys and basically hovering near the cut line. Yeah, it was looking pretty shaky there for a little bit. So the second round, I think they purposely moved the cut line to get. <laughs> I uh, hey, that might be another Bryson government conspiracy right there. I wouldn't put that past the tour at some point. Um, although we know it's usually top seventy in ties or ten strokes from the lead, but uh, I wouldn't doubt that that once or twice Tiger shouldn't have got in, and he did get in. And you know what? He should. He always should because that man will grind non-stop. So you got... Yeah, because his Saturdays, the last couple of years, this year and, and last year, were off the hook. Ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. So the second round leaders due to darkness are JT and Adam Scott, and they're playing in the final group you know, right now, so everything kind of played out as you would have foreseen it. Uh, they're with J.B. Holmes also. Yes, right. So you've got basically the, the the three people that have been playing the best all week, the most consistent, are in the final group. And as of right now, are all, you know, one, two, and three. Am I right? I knew Siwoo Kim finished – he finished his round at 12 under. So he's in well, the clubhouse. Now, J- now JT – sorry, I just look. JT makes birdie, and he's one stroke behind – J.B. Holmes right now. So Justin Thomas is at 13 under. J.B. Holmes is at 14 under, both on the course. And Sewell Kim is in the clubhouse. He's a clubhouse leader at 12 under, followed by Mark Leishman in the clubhouse at 11 under par. Yeah, and then uh, Adam Scott, unfortunately, seems to have imploded, um, and he's now five back. The swing that everybody loves to love, literally, went to sleep on the back nine today. It's it's been awful. It's the transition is super quick. He he can't even turn his body quick enough to meet up with his arms. He's blowing everything to the right. It's it's insane. Well and he, he can't put his way out of it. Unfortunately not the best putter. No, uh, but I'll tell you what, Scott, he has really impressed me this year with you know, he's moved to the shorter putter. Obviously, everyone had to. He's done the arm lock, and he subscribes. You know, hey, Scott, you can't hate Adam Scott. His last name is your first name. The man putts with the pin in. That's the name of our podcast. I, I love the guy, actually. We love Adam Scott. So leave the pin in. That's what Adam Scott does, just like Bryson DeChambeau. And we're not hating on DeChambeau. 
he's a government conspiracist, that's fine. We're supporters of that. He leaves the pin in. We leave the pin in. Adam Scott leaves the pin in. If you leave the pin in, you're with us. We should make a list of guys who are our guys and just put it out there. Deal. Adam Scott, Bryson DeChambeau, Tiger Woods. You got any more? Um, I think actually J.B. Holmes was leaving the pin in. No, not my guy. Well, I think that's just because he plays so slow that to take the time to take it out is just not worth it. Gotcha. We definitely advocate playing fast and having fun at golf. J.B. Holmes is the exact opposite. J.B. Holmes is a sloth in a polo shirt and khakis. Yes. Let's get back to Friday. DeChambeau has three hole-outs. Three from the fringe of the fairway. Now four, if you count the hole he made in the side of one of the bunkers. Did you see that, Scott? Yes, I did. How come people aren't going nuts over that like they did Sergio? Um, because government conspiracy. Mm, see how everything comes back around. So Sergio not being well, I don't know. Is Sergio an American citizen? Um, nah, he's got to be a, yeah. a citizen I, of Spain. Yeah, without. I mean, he maybe has. You think maybe he's naturalized? Yeah, he might have dual citizenship or something, okay. but okay. So Sergio gets lambasted for acting like the way Sergio always does. Um. Let's be honest about it, though. As much as DeChambeau is our guy, he acts like a moron out there sometimes. There's no way around it. Yeah, he sometimes lets his emotions get the better of him, kind of like Sergio. Yep, just like John uh, Baum, too. It's just not a good scene. No, and, you know, you and I clearly remember the rise of Tiger. I mean, we were headstrong into golf at that time, and everyone disliked Tiger in the beginning. Because of all the emotion he showed out there, and he wasn't stoic. But for all the curse words that he would drop on himself and and all the antics here and there, it was never malicious, and it never once hurt the field. Sergio does things that hurt the field. There at at times, like Bryson carving a chunk out of one of the bunkers, that's something that impacts the field. Yep. Are you about that or not about that? No, nah, again, anything that affects competition, you got to check yourself. Yeah. Um, again, you want to helicopter your clubs into a pond, uh, you know, whatever, that only affects you. Right. But once you're doing things that impact how others are going to play the course, then there's a problem. Yeah, it's just not right, Scotto. It's just not right. And I wish the PGA Tour would take a little bit of a harder stance on that, but unfortunately, when you're dealing with the big stars of your tour, you know it's like it's like suspending a quarterback for ten games. That's not going to happen, you know. They'll suspend an offensive lineman or a defensive tackle because they're not recognizable. But you're not going to do it to a guy that draws. And again, it's all about money. Yeah, I think there's there's probably a level at which they will um, actually take some action. Right, right. Yeah, we haven't uh, we haven't really seen that level yet, though. So I'm wondering, you know, do you need to bring a backhoe and, and uproot some trees on the course in order for the PGA Tour to to get after you? Well, I wonder if it was like a like a Charlie Hoffman, you know, someone who's you know uh, in in the conversation for 
you know, guys who could win any week, but not like an absolute superstar. Right. He's recognizable to us, to us golf fans, but he's not recognizable to the general public. Right. So if it were him who, I mean, again, guy I like, but he's not the reason I'm going to a golf tournament. Um, and certainly not the reason outside golf people are going, you know, I wonder if, if he pulled that, if there would be some kind of consequence. That's a good point. I think maybe we should start a campaign for a mid to low level guy. You know, a dude that's like 125 to 150 on the money list and uh, see if we can get them to do something out there and see if the PGA Tour will react. Good, good idea. Yeah. So we're at Saturday now. We've got a 7 a.m. Pacific start. The cup becomes one under, right? Cold, cold start. The whole weekend's been ridiculous. There's uh, caddies wearing big mitts, just like um, Zach Johnson wears at the Ryder Cup. And uh, Tiger makes the cut by literally dropping like this 30-foot bomb for birdie. Right? So the dude still grinds. It's crazy. So he starts this third round on Saturday. That was yesterday. And, and I texted you this. He goes birdie, eagle, birdie, birdie. The dude is five under through the first four holes. The place is going crazy. There are Augusta-like roars uh, in the canyon at the Riv. And I had texted you. I said, do you see what is going on here? It was- Unfortunately, I was out and I was kind of following, but not, you know, that closely. And I was not watching it live. And it was, let me tell you, you watch it live, you watch it on replay, it was absolutely phenomenal. I mean, to see him back again, you know, in L.A., back where, around where he grew up, um, unbelievable. Unbelievable. The only thing that sucked about Saturday night is that it was Saturday night, and he played all the way until dark. And I have a feeling that if that was... Saturday at 11 a.m. or 1 p.m. that the dude runs the tables and shoots like a 61 or so. Right, because he's you know he's gonna leave the course, go home, sleep, come back. That that can't be good on his back. No, not on a 43 year old back. A 23 year old back, yeah, but a dude with four back surgeries and knee problems, you know. Uh, very, very difficult. So that brings us to this morning. They've been playing since 6.45 Pacific time, so 9.45 from us on the East Coast. So they interviewed Tiger on Saturday night, and they said, hey, get a 6.45 tea time. What time are you getting up? He goes, eh, I'll be up by 2.30. <laughs> four, four hours and 15 minutes before he needs a tee off. So they asked JT after that, they said, what time will you be up? He goes, eh, I might be up around 4.30, 5 o'clock, hit some balls, warm up. Right? Those damn lazy millennials, Scott. Well, Tiger being up 2.30, I'm assuming that's 2.30 California time, which is... Oh, yeah, 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 no, no, it's 2.30 Pacific yeah. time, right? But that's still four hours and 15 minutes before his tea time. You think he needed to get like a 30-mile run in before? I almost wonder if it doesn't matter where he is, Tiger keeps the same time schedule. And Maybe. he may just wake up at 6.30, and that's his, that's just his, his thing. Because the, the guy's a machine. Right. And, uh, and just for the record, 
This morning, he actually told PJ Tour Live, he goes, nah, I, I, I beat that. I was up at 130. What do you what do you say I, to that? I mean, it's not it it's not human. I, I might start waking up six hours before round start. <laughs> what? And 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 how would you fill the time? Um, coffee. Okay. Lots of lots of coffee, and probably watching Masters repeats. Okay. On YouTube. Well, then you better hope there's lots of porta potties on on the course before the round or during the round, I should say. Hmm. So I, yeah. I almost wonder if he does wake up early just to watch highlights of himself on YouTube. <laughs> I I really wouldn't be surprised if he's a guy that 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 follows coverage, not so much to see what other people are doing, but to see how the ball reacts out there, what the course conditions are like, see uh, if he can gleam anything from what the announcers are saying, where the pin positions are, how greens are rolling, things like that. Yeah, that's definitely possible. So we get we get them off. Right, and our man JT is on absolute fire. He ties the 54-hole record low score um, at the Riv, and he's killing it. He goes into the final round, because remember, we had all these delays that the final round is still going on right now when it should be done. He goes into the final round before he even tees off with a five-stroke lead. Currently, Scotto, he's one stroke behind. Yes. So, because much much like Adam Scott, he also imploded. It was what people are saying out there, just like absolute chaos. You had Tiger shot from behind a tree. Watch that on YouTube or or catch it on Golf Central tonight, where he literally hooks a maybe thirty foot chip. He hooks it about fifteen feet. Almost holes out. You got J.B. Holmes losing a ball in, in what amounts to like the side of a hill. The ball just disappeared. He smashed yeah, it. Yeah, I, I saw that one. I didn't fully understand what was going on. Yeah, it, it just it, it completely disappeared. It plugged in. Um, you got the whole world because now golf is on prime time in the East. So you have the whole entire world seeing how awfully slow J.B. Holmes is. You got the wind, you got rain out there, literally open conditions. Um, the temperature just fell off the face of the earth. The wind picked up to about 30 miles an hour. The greens are super fast at the rib. They're really undulating. And it just proves that weather is the ultimate factor. You can't control it no matter what you want to, Bryson. You can't control it. And it's going to do what it wants. And it doesn't matter how far you hit the ball or what good of a putter you are. When you're playing on greens that are stimping at 12 and 13 and you got 30-mile-an-hour winds blowing through the canyon there, it's going to wreak havoc, and it did. Um, Scott, what are your thoughts on this literal disaster, this L.A. earthquake of a final round? I mean, it's kind of fitting for the way the, the tournament went with all the rain delays, just you know, everyone just kind of falling apart at the end. It's just they're out there, they're they're playing. If they grind, and I feel like they just want to be done with it. And and Rory, I was, Rory was on TV a lot while I was watching before because he's Rory, and he just looked like he would rather be anywhere but Riviera. <laughs> 
He had a good shot with a few holes left. He really had a good shot. I mean, he shot 69 today. It's a great score. Oh, yeah. No, he had a great round. You know, it's not like, you know, Siwoo Kim shot 66 out there. I mean, he went 68-66 over the weekend. That's insane. Um, But then you got got a guy like uh, Tiger ended up finishing 6-under, shot a 72. Um, What did Spieth end up with today? Something. Uh, He was 10-over, so what is that? 81. You know, he's <clears throat> he's lucky Cody Gribble was in the field and finished uh DFL at 12 over. Um I'm trying to look right now. Yeah, so our man Jordan Speeth shoots an 81 today. That's yeah, Im- that's his, impressive. His, his highest score ever on the PGA Tour. That is impressive. This is not yeah. an open setup, right? This is not a master setup. This is a regular tour event, which next year is going to go to an invitational, so it's going to go to 120 players and be more select. But even though it's probably one of the top five courses they play out on tour, and by that I mean by architectural standards, um, Hmm. it's still a regular tour stop, and the dude shoots 81. Yeah, he, he had a quad. It took him five shots to get out of a bunker. He started the week, Scott, with a 64. That's a 17-stroke difference between Thursday and today's round. He finished at one over. He went 64, 70, 70, 81. He went from being in contention to literally earning a ton of other dudes a boatload of cash by dropping so far. Yeah. Let me, let me ask you a question. Yeah. Where where does it all go south for him? Man, that's a big debate. So here's here's uh, here's what I think. He wins the open, right? And in winning the open, correct me if I'm wrong, but that was his third major, right? Yeah. And so he's literally close to the Grand Slam. And I think after he won that open championship, um, I I don't I don't know if I want to say it all became too much, but I think maybe he kind of bought into his own hype, or maybe tried to say to himself like, "Ooh, maybe I I need to be doing this. I should have a grand slam by now." Maybe he put too much pressure on himself because the dude starts off Thursday, Friday, even Saturday of most tournaments, phenomenal. And if he doesn't have the worst Sunday scoring average on tour. Uh, he can't be far from the bottom. I'm actually going to push it a little further back. I'm saying, and this, this is a hot take right here, the 2016 Masters. Oh, uh, on number 12. When he implodes on 12. Oof. It, it, I, I feel like he hasn't been the same since. That was and, tough to watch. And And even the Open... That you know the the crazy you know go get that open yeah I mean that round was a disaster. Well, remember where he hit that one shot from behind the grandstands? Took him about twenty five minutes to find a line. Yep. I mean that round was a complete disaster. He just managed to kind of pull it out by you know putting great. But I mean last year at the Masters, not and again he he came from way back, but he hits that tree on eighteen. Loses any opportunity to put any kind of pressure on the guys who are still out there. Yeah, I, I don't know. 
So so what if what if he didn't lose it at some point in time? What if we just all over exaggerated how great he was because he won so early and what seemed like so easily? You know, did 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 we did we crown him before he was a champ? Um, you know, he mm. wins the John Deere by holding out. That's not necessarily beating the field. You know, I know they're good bunker players, but how many times are they gonna really hold out? It's kind of dumb luck that he does it. I feel like he got a little bit lucky at that Open Championship with other guys falling apart. You know, was was at the U.S. Open? Absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. Ba- yeah, yeah sorry, sorry. Yes, not, I didn't. That's yeah, what I meant. He, yep, at Chambers, Chambers Bay. That's what I meant. Yeah, DJ should have won that. No way around it. I mean, DJ misses a, what was that, five-footer, four-footer? Am I being too generous with it? Three-footer? Yeah, yep. You know, if if, uh, if DJ wins, the drive that he hits on 18 at Chambers Bay goes down as one of the greatest shots uh, in golf history. I mean, they crushed it into a fairway that almost didn't exist. It was so small. So, yeah, I, I, part of me thinks that with his collegiate career and that he did play in a tour event when he was 16, um, you know, a great career at Texas, turns pro, wins again a few events. And, you know, I, let me say this too, Scott. I was thinking about this the other day. I run this past you. What, what do you think about the majors being too overrated in terms of them being such a quality win? And let me break that down, unpack that a little bit, what I mean. There's 52 weeks a year on tour, right? There's really like 48 actual tour events. And four of them are majors. So you could have a guy over the course of five years win 20 weeks, right? But those 20 weeks just don't happen to fall on a week where there's a major. And then you have another dude that wins twice in five years, uh, a la Brooks Kepka, who just happened to win and happened to get hot during the week of a major. We would all say Brooks Kepka or the guy that has two to, two to three majors, is infinitely better than a guy that has 20, 25 tour wins. But is he really? It's the, the Angel Cabrera question. Exactly. And Kepka is the new Angel Cabrera. Yeah, you know, I mean, is yeah. is 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 ten tour wins and two majors worse than a guy that has four majors? I see a guy that has four majors and goes, "Damn, that dude has only won four times." <laughs> something, something to think about. I think about that all the time because any guy on tour, for the most part, can win any given week. You know, if you get into the Masters. Okay, put it this way. You win a regular tour event, right? You beat anywhere between 120 and 151 other people, okay? You get into the Masters, you win the Masters, you beat 92 people. Well, guess what? 30 of those guys can't even hit the ball more than 230 because they're old playing mm-hmm. champions. So there's really only about 30 to f- 35 to 45 guys at the Masters that can actually win. PGA Championship has a strong field, but PGA Championship has 20 PGA Class A teaching professionals. They're not going to win. So right. Now your field's diminished even more. The U.S. Open has local, uh, regional, and sectional qualifiers that are in it. Guess what? It's not 10 Cup. Those guys aren't going to win. 
The Open Championship has the same exact thing. They have qualifying from across the across the globe. So if you get in to win a major, obviously it's a select field of better players, but the number of guys that can actually win a major is much smaller, I feel, than the guys that can win each and every week out on tour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, and I, I, you put it that way, definitely. Yeah, and I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not downplaying how hard it is to win a major, believe me. I feel like there's probably nothing close to major pressure on a Sunday. You know, winning the Sanderson Farms Classic, there's not a lot of pressure when you've got 500 people out in Napa, drunk on wine, sitting around picnic tables watching you win, as opposed to, you know, 40,000 people packed to the gills at Bethpage, you know, for, for the U.S. Open or for the PGA this year. But I'm just going number-wise, percentages. And I bet you know who would back me up on this, Scott? Who's that? My boy Bryson. He's a numbers guy. That's true. Yeah. He's probably got some mathematical formula that determines, you know, which tournaments the, there's the most pressure. Um, and he probably adjusts accordingly uh, based upon that formula. I, him and I are working on a pressure gauge. Um <laughs> Which which we're probably going to market in a, in a in a few months, but I'll preview that here and announce that here on Leave the Pin In podcast. Uh, so let's go to coverage real quick because we got a fun game we're going to play soon, Scato. But let's uh, mm-hmm. let's let's do coverage. So this this is here are my thoughts on the coverage this week. And look, they were in a terrible position. Okay, I mean CBS got screwed out of tons of hours of actual coverage that they didn't get to have because of the weather. Uh, Gary McCord yesterday I thought was punch drunk. Dude was up from like 6 in the morning, just kept rambling, wouldn't shut up. Uh, didn't like how long they had the same guys on the broadcast on Saturday. Would have liked to have it switched up a little bit. And if I hear one of them say Kakuya grass again, I may literally throw a club through my television. Yeah, they love that word. It's, uh... Oh, it's there's so many things that are so overdone. You know what? It's fun, it's funny that you mentioned because normally I I do really enjoy the radio coverage, but uh, Kakuya was coming up a lot. Yeah, and and so was Polana. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. and how sticky it is. Like I, I, we know, and I get that they have to do it for like the general public. Like I understand, we're not all diehard golf fans like us. <clears throat> Scott, I'm sitting behind. I'm, I'm sitting behind an autographed Justin Thomas picture now, with autographed PGA Championship and U.S. Open and Masters flags that are surrounding me now. You know, in, in the golf cave. Uh, we're not like normal people, but to keep saying it over and over and over, like. The viewing public is not that moronic, at least I think. Uh, and not only that, they have no idea what it means anyway. Right. Hey, real quick, uh, this just came in on Twitter. Uh, Daniel Lewis, that's Daniel P. Lewis Jr. on Twitter, said, let's talk about how everyone's game went to bleep at about 4 p.m. Eastern time. Tiger, and it says Tiger 30 straight fives. I'm not sure what that means. Uh, JT smacking balls off of trees. <laughs> you mentioned that. Uh, Scott misses what is a gimme amongst friends. And then JB plugs one three feet in front of him. 
with a uh, a face palm emoji. That's a hey Dan. That's uh those are some great points. Yeah, Scott missed, and you and here I am defending Scott as a good putter, and he missed what was like a two and a half footer. Oof. Now, yeah. if you and I were playing, I would say, hey, go get that, pick that up. It's good, and <laughs> and we'd move on for pace of play with the pin in, obviously. Uh, uh, the, yeah, yeah, you gotta leave it in. The JB Holmes one w- was great. Um, I play a round of golf with the people I work with every year at the end of the year, right? And uh, my girl, Sam, <clears throat> played our, her first round ever with us, and we played on a course that was a little bit wet. And one of her tee shots, we were standing behind her watching, and she hits it, and we hear the ball hit the club face, and we're all looking, and we can't see it. No one sees anything. There's three of us, and not one single person saw the ball. And we're like, well, it must be up there. Maybe it was like a worm burner or whatnot. We walk about two feet. I look down, and her ball is underground. About three to f- three to four feet in front of the tee. Yeah. She she did a JB Holmes before it became a JB Holmes. Uh, well, I think maybe JB Holmes did a Sam. Ah, I like that. I like that. Uh, can we get any licensing rights off of that? Um, I think we need to put it on t-shirts. I like that. I like that. No, no one will know. No one will have any idea what it means. Um, but based upon my history of creating t-shirts, people will want to buy them off me in the parking lot. <laughs> Your lucrative side business, my friend. Pretty soon. Pretty soon. Once we have our podcast logo down, which is going to be. Very, very soon, uh, we'll start to get some merch going, and uh, people can support Leave the Pin In. All right, Scott, I got a new game we're going to play. We're going to call my man Z from Bringing the Heat podcast, and we're going to try to stump him because he doesn't play golf. So what we're going to do is we are going to see if he knows which person is a real golfer. So let's see if he picks up here. I'm very excited. Yeah, and you haven't met him, so... This could be a, Not at all. a meeting right now. Yo. Z. What's going on? Hey, hey, Scott, say hi to Z. Hey, what's going on? How you doing? Thanks for uh, letting us hang out on your network here. Yeah, no problem. How's it going? Pretty good, man. Pretty yeah, good. Yeah, it's, it's, it's going good. We're talking about how crazy this final round is, and uh, we wanted to, you know, switch uh, tone a little bit and, and play which one of these is a pro golfer. Now, Z, we know that you are not a golf fan at all. Not. Don't, couldn't name probably five, six, maybe six golfers, probably tops. All right, so this is going to be good. So we've got six groups of two golfers, and all you have to do is tell us which one is a pro golfer. And we're going to call this Stump the Amateur. And we're going to play this game, but we'll have different people on, and we'll ask them regular golf terms and, and see if they can do it. Uh, so, Z, are you ready? Let's do it. Okay, so first, which one of these is a pro golfer? Andres Krieger or Martin Keimer? Ooh, I'm, ooh, I don't know. Krieger sounds enticing. <laughs> I'm going to go Keimer. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. <laughs> That's one for one. Scotto, do you remember when we met Martin Keimer? Uh, that was at the 2000. 13 masters that is correct that's a, that, i honestly think i've i think i've heard that name before okay well hey that's our boy 
So that's good. He's going to be so happy that you knew who he was. <laughs> I think I two-time, two-time major champion. Yeah. All right. There's a couple here. times where I'm like at my grandfather's house and he's like sleeping on the couch and he's got golf on. So like, and if you change the channel, he gets really mad because <laughs> he says he was awake. So I can I hear names sometimes. So I think that that was one of them. Okay. All right. Second grouping. Ready? Let's do it. Ben Hogan or Darren Charles. That's easy. Hogan. Okay. Okay. Damn. Good work. Good work. Good work. Well, You're... Uh, that was honestly a complete guess. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Two for two. Uh, this, I chose that one because of uh, Hulk Hogan. Okay. All right. This is not going well for us. I thought I thought we would have stumped you so far. All right. This one's tough. Are you ready? Right. Sergio Ramos or Rafa Cabrero Bayo? Uh, I'm going to go with Co- the second one, Cabrillo Bayo. <laughs> Damn it, three for three. Really? That, that's, a, that's a tough one because his name sounds like he could be like a professional tennis player too. Yeah, or a well, bullfighter. I was, I was going to take Ramos because <laughs> you picked that one guy, Sergio, you guys always tweet about Sergio something. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Sergio Garcia. Yeah, but I was like, I don't think it was Ramos, so I went with the other, with the other guy. Yeah, I, I literally just made that name up. <laughs> All right, uh, fourth grouping. <clears throat> Travis Diner or Max Homa? Ooh. Well, I like to eat at Diner, so I'm going to go with Diner. And... Oh. Travis Diner is literally a made-up name. Max Homa shot a 69 today at the final round at the Riv. Oh wow! I wouldn't know. I'm watching UFC. <laughs> <laughs> all right, we got. <laughs> we got two more groups. All right, there's a tough one. Right. There's a tough one. So listen to the names: Phil Mickelson or Webb Simpson. <clears throat> oh, that's easy, Mickelson. <clears throat> that's a trick question. Wait, what? They're both pro golfers. Ah. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that, uh, I would have never guessed the second one. Yeah, no, that was that. That's a jerk move on my part. All right, yeah, so right. Here, here's the, here's the last one. All right, now Scotto, you got this one correct before. This, this is, is this is a good one. This is a good one. Uh, Scott, help me if I butcher this man's last name. Is Michael Thomas or Jazz Janawanatanadon a pro golfer? The second one. Jazz Jana Yeah. You are correct. Yeah, I knew that it was it, the first one. I was like Michael Thomas receiver for the Saints. Not not <laughs> <laughs> That that wasn't even a consideration. No, it wasn't even Dan just literally catches, took two names. He only and catches footballs, that's it. Uh yeah, I honestly I'm not gonna lie, I didn't even know that. Uh, Scott said, hey, pick this dude who's got, like, five wins on the Japan tour. And I said, well, who should the other guy be? He's like, I don't know, make up a name. I said, okay, how about Michael Thomas? I just took two first names and put them together. I mean, the, the second one, the, the, the Japanese guy, sounds like he could be in New Japan. But... Uh, yeah, yeah. I think, he, I think he's Taiwanese, right, Scott? He's Thai. He's okay. the 77th ranked golfer in the world. Damn. That's not bad. Yeah. He, no, that, he's ahead of some real heavy hitters too. That's I mean he's he's ahead of uh of uh what's his face? Ho Sung Choi. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, All right. Far more, far more accomplished offer than most. What's that, Z? Did I get four? Uh five yeah, you six? got you got four. I mean, that's he got he got five of six. Yeah, I'm I'm uh I'm impressed. I'm gonna have. We should tweet these out the standings. So I got four out of six. Oh, well, yeah, the, yeah. The next time you do it, I'm right now. I'm the reigning champion. I think what we're going to do is let's let's cut it out of five. Let's make it out of five. And let's get rid of the Phil Mickelson web sims. That's a trick question. So you're four out of five right now. Okay, so I need – I'm the champion right now. Correct. I got to get dethroned. Well, uh, we can tweet that out on your Twitter handle, uh, Bring the Heat Pod. We'll tweet it out on my Twitter handle, which is leave underscore the underscore pin. And uh, we'll make sure that we keep those running. So, uh, Z, anything you want to promote before we let you run here and we finish up? Uh, just UFC's on right now. Big card. Cain Velasquez comes back. Hasn't fought in two years. So, if you want to hear about the recap and, and everything and what's going on in baseball, there's some big news that happened today. Uh, listen, uh, we also have a good interview tomorrow with uh, Royals uh, minor league pitcher Danny Urbeck. So, stay tuned for that. But other than that, guys, keep doing a good job and can't wait to listen. Awesome. Thanks, buddy. Good work uh, being the reigning champ as of right now. Um, super excited about it. Can't wait to tweet about it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Have a good one, buddy. See ya. All right. Bye. Scott, so Z goes four to five. That's You think that's dumb luck or, or what? Or does, does the man know his stuff? Um, I think that he has maybe under undersold his golf knowledge. I think he prepped. He told me, he, he said, text yeah. me before you call. I think the dude went online and prepped a little bit. It, it's definitely possible because, I mean, some of those names are, are on the leaderboard. So yeah. if he just checked out the, the PGA Tour leaderboard, he probably saw them. Yeah. All right, Scott, it just came in. <clears throat> Breaking news is official. J.B. Holmes wins, shoots a 70. Justin Thomas finishes in second, one stroke out, shoots a 75 today. JT goes 66, 65, 65, 75. Yeah, he fell apart. Scott, I'm not happy with JB Holmes being a champ. I don't like what he brings to the game. I don't like <clears throat> the appearance of him out there taking two minutes to read a putt. Uh, these, these conversations with the caddy and this extra time he takes, the fact that he is literally the epitome of slow play, I'm not a fan. Here's what I don't like. He's currently ranked um, 100th in the world, and now there's a chance because this is a big, you know, it's a PGA Tour win yeah. that he will jump ahead of Jazz, Jana, Lakshmana, Nod, or, or whatever it is. Yeah, any any time that that anybody jumps over our boy Jazz, I'm not I'm not down with that person. And uh, I mean, honestly, I'm not. I'm just not a fan of JB Holmes. He maybe he's a great guy. That's fine. I'm just not a fan of the way that he plays the game because he's literally breaking a PGA Tour rule every single time he goes out to play. Uh, you're referring to the, the slow play rule, um, which is never enforced. Correct. Correct. So that's that. So he's he's your champ. He's your Genesis Open at the Riv of all places, one of the best courses on tour. And we're here with... Uh, with J.B. Holmes as our champion. All right, uh, let's get to a few things, Scott, before we get to the end here. Phil says he may not play the players. 
He says, uh, it's not that big of a deal. I don't, need to, I don't need to play it. And the players in the PGA Tour have been pushing that as, as, as if it's the fifth major. What do you think about Phil kind of throwing his nose up at the PGA Tour? Uh, I don't think he's the first one to have that to say about the players also. Right. Um, a lot of guys do not like that course at all. Yeah, it's, it's one of those, like, you either like it or you don't like it. And I feel like there's a bunch of guys who just have never played well there who don't continue to play it. Yeah, I think the player's purse is up to $1.7 million or $1.8 million for the winner. So I got $1.8 million reasons why I would be playing. But guess what? Phil doesn't need that. No, he has all the money. Uh, do you have any inside knowledge that he has all the money? Uh, I don't have any inside knowledge, uh, and I bet you that most people don't. I bet you that Phil would take that bet. Uh, yeah, you'd win. So, you know, the problem here is that the the fact that you have such a condensed schedule now, I mean, from now till, uh, hell, I was going to say the Masters, but from now to the PGA Championship, I mean, the the tour is just packed, and it's like, what tournament are these guys going to take off, you know? Yeah, and, I, well, yeah, I'm just looking at, like, the PGA Tour schedule. So he played last week. He played this week. Next week is the, the Mexico Championship where he's the defending champion. Got to play. So that's three weeks in a row for him. Right. But then look at the weeks after. You go the Honda Classic, the Arnold Palmer, then the players. Like, he's going to play Arnie's tournament. Yeah, and he needs he, he needs to rest. Yeah, without a doubt. Now, after the Players' Championship, you have, you have the Valspar, which a lot of guys will take off the week after the Players. But then you go right back to the match play, right, in Austin. Then you go mm-hmm. basically an off week at the Corrales uh, Punta Cana Resort and Club Championship for for that's the opposite field event there. So if you're not in the match yeah. play, you're playing that. Yeah, um, the Valero Texas Open is the uh, the weekend before the Masters. Right, and you know there, there's a fifty fifty split. A lot of guys love to play that tournament to get ready for the Masters, and they do a great job in San Antonio of setting that course up like Augusta National. Um, the last four or five years, they've really kind of shave the sides of the greens and, and really kind of set that course up as if it was an Augusta of the Southwest. You go to the Masters, right? Then you have the RBC at Harbortown uh, at a different time this year. So people might skip that. You've got the Zurich Classic of New Orleans after. You go Wells Fargo, AT&T, which is at Trinity Forest in Dallas. I cannot wait for that. Have you seen that course yet, Scotto? Uh, yes. I've read about it. It looks incredible. Yeah, that's that's a course that like buys into the new age of architecture. So I I love it. And then you and then we're at the PJ Championship already at Beth Page. Yeah, I mean I, he's probably not playing in the Zurich, but right. the team event. Yes. Um. So he'll have a couple weeks off, and then he'll get himself tuned up for the PGA. And he's competed at Beth Page before. So yep. yeah, we know that. We know that. And we'll have a big, big in-depth preview of that. And obviously, you and I both grew up playing there, sleigh riding there, uh, hanging out at the park there, sleeping in cars to get, you know, tea times there. But uh, I, I've I've actually just 
gone to play rounds at other courses there and just gotten there hours early just so I can hang out on the first tee and watch people tee off. So, so basically pulling a tiger. Pretty much, yeah. yeah. Okay, okay. <clears throat> um, you have any any interest, any care that the Genesis is going to an Invitational next year with only 120 guys? Um, it, it, are they are they going back to the LA Open or the LA Invitational, or is it going to be the Tiger Woods Invitational? Because he's been the tournament host for yeah. a few years now, and he and just now opened it's up. Be is invitational. Yeah, you know he just opened up that new facility, right? Right there to give back. Like, yeah. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. It's kind of... Yeah, I mean, I'm interested in it because it will kind of, you know, going forward be uh, affiliated with Tiger Woods. Yeah. Well, and, and he doesn't... Because it's a great course. Yo, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And it, it needs to have a larger presence, if you will, you know, on tour. Yeah, I mean, it, it puts a big name kind of in that weird, you know, early February, you know, wh- why are we watching golf kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so let's finish up with uh, things that pissed you off this week. And you you want to start? You want me to start? Uh, You can go ahead. Okay. Here's what pissed me off this week. Rain. I'm in Bryson's camp on this one. Okay? I hate playing in the rain. But here's the deal with the tour guys. They get paid for it. Okay? And they got caddies to keep their grips dry and to keep their towel dry and their their ball clean and, and their clubs clean and stuff. I don't have that. And if I go in and, and book a tee time, and I get two or three holes in, and it starts raining. Guess what? I'm playing, Scotto. Yep, been there, done right? that. They can complain <clears throat> all they want, but they're getting shuttled back to player dining, and they get to sit around and do nothing. You know, I'm using my hard-earned money to play golf. So rain when I'm supposed to play golf or I plan on playing golf pisses me off, especially nowadays. Because I don't get as much time to play. You know, I'm busy with the boys and, and worrying about their golf careers and, and worry about them getting out golfing. So when I go out and play, it, it, it's kind of spur of the moment. And if someone calls me up and says, hey, can you play Wednesday? Yeah, I'm in. Like, I'm clearing the calendar for that. And then if I wake up Wednesday morning or Tuesday night and I see that it's supposed to rain, I'm pissed off. I can't Definitely do anything. Agree. Yeah, I can't do anything about it yet. Bryson and I are still working on our machine, but I'm I'm in his camp. I'm with Bryson. He's with Leave the Pin in. Rain pisses me off. Uh, oh, uh, going back to the the whole thing you said about you know tour players and umbrellas and dry towels and things like that. Did you see Rory McIlroy's umbrella clothes on him? I think it was either Thursday or Friday. <laughs> yeah, he better start hitting the gym. <laughs> <laughs> I, I found that to be borderline. Yeah, with that, especially because it was one of those Gust Buster umbrellas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was like, well, well, how did that happen? Yeah, that's uh, not not the greatest of product placement there. Anything that bothers you this week, Scott? Or anything that pisses you off? Um, other than rain, um, 
rain is it was the obvious, you know, rain, rain, the rain's been awful. Yeah. Um, yeah. How about, um, guy falling apart on Sunday? You know what? You know what? You know, I'll tell you when that pisses me off, when it's my guy. When it's Adam uh, Scott, well, when it's uh, and, and I had beef, and he fell apart. Yeah, that. Hey, I'd be mad if I were you, Scott. You know, if we if we were if we were like Phil, we'd be gambling some actual money here. Mm. I, you know what? I, I really I thought about it afterwards. Like I should put some money down on him. Um, but here in New York, that's illegal, and I'd have to drive to New Jersey to do it. And uh, I don't have that kind of time. Well, for three days, you would look like a genius. Um, can I give you another um, thing that, that pisses me off? Yeah. Uh, the sheer amount of coverage um, about President Donald Trump installing a golf simulator in the White House. Um, yeah, look, regardless of what you think about him as a president, um, I got no problem with a dude installing – a state-of-the-art golf simulator if he can't afford it. Exactly. It was his money. There was already one there. He had a better one put in. Uh, you know, it, it's not news for me. If I had 50 grand right now, guess where I'd be sitting? In a, a warm simulator. In the simulator, yeah, exactly. Um, you know what pisses me off? Not getting an invite to Donald Trump's new simulator. <laughs> I'm not a fan of that at all. You know, it's funny because about 4.30 yesterday, I, I was seriously considering just picking up and going to the range for a little bit. And then right. I looked at the, the internet to find out what time the range was closed. And they closed at 4.30. Ah, See that's you need to get on my range plan, which is obviously work. Yeah, work, I need I need your deal. Work and teach it one. I was I was at the range this morning. Uh, by the time I got through about the fiftieth ball, my toes were literally numb. I hit about sixty balls, and that was it. Uh, Scott, are you got a pick for next week in Mexico? Tiger's um, playing. Tiger announced on on Tuesday he's playing. So, pick for next week. Who do I want to go with? Um, hmm. let, me, let me just take a look at this week's results, and then I'll base my pick on that. Um, we'll, uh, we'll, go, we'll go one. Yeah. Let's go one pick because it's a very small field. Yeah. Um, and I don't even know if all these guys are playing. I'm just going to kind of guess that people who I know are in that that top tier, you know, world rankings are going to be in. Yeah. Uh, hey, you know, you know uh, hey, you know who's going down to Mexico next week? Kuchar. Kuchar's going to Mexico. Uh, I think they'll right, give him a so warm up. Uh, I am only going to make one pick, but yeah. I will say if uh, he ends up with El Chican as his caddy, he, I, I'm changing my pick to him. Okay. So I, the chances of that happening are slim to none, but you know, let's let's keep the the options open. I'm gonna lose a lot of faith in the Mexican fans if they do not boo Kucher. 
I would say that that's almost a certainty. All right, here's my pick, Scotto. Go ahead. I, I have my pick to you when you're, when you're done. Webb Simpson. Uh, good good pick, and he gets the the Leave the Pin in podcast bump. Yep. We, we talked about him today as possibly not being a PGA Tour golfer. Right. He's got two mentions on the show so far. Webb Simpson's winning it. That's a good pick. Uh, I'm going to go Mark Leishman. Okay. Oh, he played well well this week. He plays Four well rounds. all the time. He always plays well. I don't even know if he's playing, uh, but he had four rounds under 70. The dude's a perpetual top 10. He's a he's an it, ATM. He Yes, he absolutely is. Also, four rounds under 70. Charles Howell the third, mm. but uh, I'm still going with Leishman. Chucky three sticks. Exactly. Hmm. Interesting. All right, well, let's uh, let's thank DJ Quads for our music, Scotto, right? Let's thank our main sponsor, Train on Main. Remember, golf season's almost here, and you probably already gave up on your New Year's resolution. So why not be like our boy Phil at 5 to 6 miles per hour onto your swing speed? Visit Train on Main. It's 427 Main Street, Stroudsburg, PA. Ask for Dan. He's the owner. He's a golfer, truly knowledgeable when it comes to golf fitness and flexibility training. It's a great intimate setting and true one-on-one training. Their Instagram page is train underscore on underscore main. Train on main 427. And uh, their website is trainonmain11.wordpress.com. And you can get in touch with Dan there, and he'll hook you up with the Leave the Pin In podcast discount, especially if you're going to go for some golf fitness training. Uh, Also, we'd like to thank OGA, Oahu Golf Apparel, for always providing us with the greatest Hawaii-inspired gear. I'm actually wearing my OGA winter cap right now because, of course, Scotto, it's icing out right now as we do this. I haven't looked outside, but we're supposed to get that here, too. So that just pushes golf back a little further. A little further. And uh, I also want to plug my own Twitter handle or our own Twitter handle for this page, which is leave the pin. That's leave underscore the underscore pin. Feel free to hit us up there through tweet or direct message and let us know if there's anything you want us to rant and rave about. Scotto, anything else you got going on that you want to plug or talk about before we wrap this up? I think it's clear that I have nothing else going on. Okay. Um, I, I'm like I said, I'm just waiting for the weather to get better so I can get out on the course again. Amen. Right? Get busy golfing or get busy dying. See you next week, people.